Pod Squad is presented by the New York Lottery. The new seasonal scratch-off games from the New York Lottery are here with prizes up to $500,000. They're the perfect gift. Head to your nearest retailer and gift one today. You must be 18 years or older to purchase. Please gift responsibly. On this week's episode, we have wide receiver Stefan Diggs with us. He shares what has surprised him most about Buffalo, why he played at Maryland in college, and how his personality and style make him who he is today. Bill's Pod Squad starts right now. Welcome into Bill's Pod Squad, presented by the New York Lottery, Maddie Glab, and Bill's owner and president, Kim Pagula, here as your host. Bill's Pod Squad is a podcast that takes you into the lives of Bill's players, where you get to know them as more than just their jersey number. We've got wide receiver Stefan Diggs on the podcast this week. He's someone who has helped take this Bill's offense to new heights and a big part of Josh Allen's success in this third year. He's also been great to listen to and talk to when he does media availability. Kim, I want to ask you just about going back to when this trade happened, because when the news broke, it was March 16th at 1030 at night when that first notification came across Twitter, uh, first reported by, I think it was Jay Glazer and then Tom Pelissero. And I remember looking at my phone and I was like, what? We've got Stefan Diggs? Like, this is a huge name for this Bills team to pick up. And I was like, okay, what did we give away for him? Okay, we, our first round pick is gone, so we're not going to pick a, right, a wide receiver anymore in the first round. Here's our wide receiver. So we've heard it from the perspective of Josh's eyes, from Steph's eyes, from McDermott and Bean's eyes, but we haven't heard it from the owner's perspective. So take me into the behind the scenes of what went into that trade or just what it was like to be a part of it. Well, yeah, you know, whenever there's some, uh, especially a significant trade like that, you know, there, there are multiple conversations with Brandon that just kind of a heads up, like, hey, we're in talks, that this is something that we might uh, be looking at. It's a possibility. So, of course, we did know ahead of time before the news <laughs> broke, uh, thankfully. And I just, I remember thinking, like, oh, my gosh, like, a first-round pick. Like, you know, first-round picks are, like, gold, right? Like, yes. And, and as a GM and as ownership, like you never want to give those up. So you're just like, oh my gosh, like, okay, is he worth it? Is he worth it? And I think that's probably not knowing the player because um, that's not my job, um, not knowing the player. I think that was the first thing is like, oh my gosh, we gave up a first round pick. Like, oh my gosh, like, okay, then this guy must be really, really good, you know? And, and then Brandon really just talked us through kind of the reasoning why, you know, um, you know, things that obviously that were obvious wanting to, to um, you know, to get be- our offense to get better and allowing someone like a veteran, like, um, you know, like Stefan to come in and help in that regard versus a rookie. And then just the value that, that he's actually earned, right? We talk about, you know, having to earn a position and, you know, we um, talk about how he went from a fifth round pick to now then he's really earned the right to be valued as a first round pick. So, so certainly, you know, it's the off season, so you know you're, the season isn't quite yet, you know, ready yet. So some of these things you just think about all the things that it could happen, but you know, until they get here and until like you know they you start playing games, you don't realize the value of those types of trades. But certainly we we've seen it now um, after you know uh, lots of games where he's really made some um, really great, just magnificent plays that um, that was missing maybe from our game last year. Yeah, do you think this could have played out any better? I look at like what the Minnesota Vikings got and they drafted Justin Jefferson, who's also having a great year as a, as a rookie wide receiver 
Some of the rookie wideouts are balling in the league this year. Gabriel Davis is one of those. But Steph Diggs has 80 receptions, which is second in the NFL. He broke the team record for most receptions through 11 games. He continues to break records almost every week. He's got 945 receiving yards, close to that 1,000-yard mark. He can hit it against the 49ers. And I just think of all of the incredible plays, like you just noted that he's had, just how he's been able to help this team, what he's meant to Josh Allen. And I think to myself, this couldn't have gone like any, this is like perfect scenario. This is best case scenario of what Stefan has been able to do for the Bills. Would you agree with that? No, I, I totally agree with that. And I love how the timing of it really came together. You know, that maybe some of those explosive plays that, we, that we've seen from him this year, maybe it wouldn't have been happened if it was Josh's rookie year, right? So the fact that the both of them are kind of have been on this path and really now have intersected, um, and we've seen the results of that, um, I think was just, you know, like I said, great, great timing, um, just a great value for us. It was a win, you know, you always want to have those win-win type of trades where Minnesota felt like they, you know, they got something um, in return for it, but we also felt like we got something of value that has really um, affected our team and has made us better, and we certainly got that in him. And I know when this football team, from, from you to Terry to Brandon to Sean, when you guys look at players it's more than just the product they put out on the field. You know, you're looking for character. You're looking to see if this person fits the DNA of the team, the, the family type style atmosphere and environment that is obvious that's in Buffalo. And he fits all of that. And I think for me, just someone who covers the team, it has been so fun to watch Stefan like build these relationships with so many people on the team and, and then build relationships with him he's just been also incredible in that regard just watching him interact with the wide receivers during practices and just how much fun he has it puts a smile on your face like him and Josh's relationship I think is so cool um, I was at practice today and I was just looking at them during stretch and they were messing around with each other as if they were brothers like almost like play fighting with each other and I was like this is the coolest thing ever so it's nice to see that he's produced on the field but he's done equally as much off of the field to be a part of this environment this family style atmosphere here with the Bills and has just brought probably so much leadership to that locker room as well. Yeah, and you know, that's one thing I didn't know about him uh, during this pandemic. I haven't been able to spend as much time with the team as I normally would have liked. So haven't really gotten the chance to really um, get to know him um, off the field. But um, I would say, you know, watching him uh, during the game, watching his interaction, how he tries to really get those guys really pumped up and excited, especially, you know, um, during the time of the game when they need it the most. Um, like, you, like you said, just that his his interaction and, and really love and appreciation for Josh and, and what he brings to our team. Um, it's just, it's great to see. And, I, and all things that I didn't know and I didn't expect from him uh, when the trade was announced, but just so happy that he's on our team. Yeah, definitely. It'll be um, so awesome for everybody to listen to this interview in a couple minutes here because it was great to just get to learn a little bit more about him, who he is as a person. But before we get into that, I want to talk about our Bills fan box of the week. So it is Dawson Knox's turn to do a fan box. I am rocking his shirt. I'll turn this down so you can see it. Um, it's a school of Knox. So you've got the... Uh, 
crazy hair that Dawson completely rocks that not a lot of other people can rock in this world. Um, but you can I love purchase. How great that these guys have been every week. I mean, it's just you know you think of their tough guys and you know they're just you know all working out and eating right and just you know focus on the game and then they come up with this like really creative ways that it's just it's fun to see it really is yeah it's been fun to be a part of it it's been fun to wear all these t-shirts I'm gonna wear them for years to come I'm so pumped that I've added like 10 new Bills t-shirts to my collection but you can grab it at billsfanbox.com until Monday December 7th at 11:59 p.m. so hurry up and grab yours a great Christmas gift for all your friends family members and the proceeds the best part proceeds benefit the Punt Foundation. So you're not only buying a shirt, you're also donating to a great cause. The New York Lottery is giving away $50 worth of the new limited edition New York Series scratch-off tickets with a chance to win up to $1 million to one of our lucky listeners each week. Visit buffalobills.com slash nylottery or click on the link in the podcast description to enter now. All right, here's our interview with the wide receiver, Stefan Diggs, who's got 80 receptions and 945 receiving yards through 11 games. We've got Stefan Diggs on with us today. Steph, so pumped to have you on this podcast. I have enjoyed hearing from you weekly when you speak to the media. Uh, it has just been great what you've been able to say and just convey in your personality in the interviews that you've done week to week. Uh, we are so happy that you're here in Buffalo. You've been a big part of why this team is eight and three through 12 games. But I want to ask you, what's the most surprising part either about Buffalo or about this team? I knew you probably had some idea of what it would be like here coming in and speaking to some of the guys and some of the players and the coaching staff. But what surprised you most about this place? Um... What surprised me most about this place? I would say mostly how family oriented it is. Uh, I can tell that it's uh, it's kind of like built on a foundation of people, you know, loving each other, trusting each other, and kind of like just building off of that. And I can see that, the, you know, it's like a brotherhood here, the bond that they have here. It's been kind of built slowly. And that's why it's so like, uh, not necessarily it's tight knit, but at the same time, uh, they, they welcome me with open arms and I'm, I'm forever thankful. Now, obviously, you're right, Stefan, you know, family is very important to us, especially being owned by a family. We've got three kids of our own, and I'm sure we've heard from a lot of players how much family means to them. But, you know, I don't know a lot about you, right? Like, I haven't had to, much time to spend with you uh, during this pandemic season. So tell us about kind of just growing up and the type of family that you came from. Um, I know you've got brothers in the league. Um, just like how, you know, how that family atmosphere that you just talked about, how that, you know, back when you first started out in football, um, how much that means to you and what family has meant to you um, during your career? Um, I wanted to play football because my older brother played football. Um, my mom and dad actually played basketball growing up. So they weren't too big football uh, in football until like we started playing it. Um, my dad had a passion for it. Uh, big family guy. Um, I have an older brother, I have two younger brothers that also play football. So um, football is like a, you know, a thing in my household. Always wanted to be super good at it. You know, I saw my older brother doing this, so I had a, I had a love and appreciation for it. And then my little brother watched me and so on and so forth. So uh, it's always a big thing in my house. And, you know, that's something that always brought my family together. You know, at the end of the day, we always had football. We always could, uh, you know, lean on that to get rid of all our problems, watching football on Sunday or Thanksgiving or on holidays. So. Uh, it's always been good. Who's the best athlete in your family then? 
Um, best athlete is probably my mom. She's know how to she know how to hoop. You know, she always challenges us uh, on daily when it comes to shooting around. She's not moving around too much, but she'll shoot around a little bit and talk her junk. So uh, I say my mom. That's awesome. Sticking with family stuff, you chose to go to Maryland for college mm-hmm. football, and, and that means you chose to stay home. Uh, just reading up about you, your father passed away when you were younger due to congestive heart failure, and your mom must have had to do a lot of work just raising you and your brothers in that household. So I guess probably taking on more of a father-type leadership style and just the way that you connected with your brothers from a young age how has that shaped you into the person that you are today? Um, just as far as like probably just uh, growing up faster, growing up faster than, you know, the typical kid and learning how to make sacrifices and that it's not all about you all the time. And um, learning that, you know, I had little brothers that I wanted to look after or be somewhat close to. Uh, it it kind of came in handy a couple of times. My mom called me to come home for a couple hours and talk to my little brother. You can, you can, uh, you can imagine how that went, uh, but it was definitely, it was definitely worth it. I look back on it. It was one of the best decisions I made as far as like my process. I wanted to be close to my family. I didn't want to leave them. Uh, I kind of had some options to go to other places like Florida and stuff like that. But in my mind, I wanted to be home. I wanted to my family and uh, I wanted them to be able to see me play, see me grow and be close to them as far as like my little brothers. They were, they were some knuckleheads back then. So um, that's all. But I feel like it shaped me into the man I am today. And, uh, and learn that you, you can't be selfish all the time. You gotta be selfish. Think about everybody else. And who did you lean on when you first came into the league uh, to be kind of maybe that father figure for you once you're in the league or a mentor to you um, as a rookie? It was kind of hard. I never really had, I had a lot of people that I reached out to throughout my process. Uh, Chad Scott was one of the guys I reached out to. He knew me since I was in, um, since I was in college. He's actually from that area as well. Um, played in the league. I had some questions for him. Um, Antoine Bethea, um, Maurice Jones, Drew, uh, Matt Forte. A lot of guys that were with my agency that were older guys at the time that were still in the league. Um, uh, they sat me down one time. I think we had all our agencies retreat. We were all sitting down. I was just asking them a couple questions, like stuff that you know any rookie would want to know. I was interested in to see how they handled being a rookie, how to approach going into their first training camp, and you know, just how to handle themselves on being a professional. I was learning to be a professional at the time, and uh, I just wanted to be great at it. So uh, I took I took all the, I took all the notes that I could, all the gems that I could, and I applied it. And hopefully, I turned out not too bad. Steph, both their both your brothers played uh, in college football, and now you've got Trayvon, who's playing for the Cowboys. What's it like to have a brother in the NFL? I mean, he's had some pretty big plays for a rookie on the Cowboys. Like, I feel like even people have been able to catch his highlights just if they flip on, you know, ESPN or NFL Network, some mm-hmm. of the big plays that he's had. So what's it like to cheer him on from a, from a different team? It's fun. I mean, coming from the standpoint of uh, super blessed, you know, my mom is, my mom got some good eggs as she would say, <laughs> uh, she puts two of them out. So uh, I'm thankful just to have my brother uh, fight fighting with me as far as like with this dream and kind of like still chasing it that we've chased since we were kids. It's good to see him blossom and turn into what we always thought he was going to be. But uh, it's not always smiles and the bells and whistles. It's more so trying to get better than anything because, you know, he is, he is young. He's new to the league. He's had some success, but it's more so trying to uh, right the wrongs rather than the good stuff because we expect the good stuff to happen. But I just want him to be better all the time. Stefan, you were a fifth-round pick, correct? Mm-hmm. And yes, so, ma'am. But you got traded, 
and we gave up for a first round pick. Yeah. So what so what was it like? You know, plus, you know, first round pick plus, but what was it like, like you said, going from that fifth round your rookie year to now getting to that level where you're valued as a first rounder um, in a team that wanted you? I'm sure it was bittersweet, but um, just that, that journey when you first got the call that you were coming, um, what, you know, kind of take us through what you were going through at the time. Yes, yeah, it was definitely different just because I, I have an appreciation for how my process happened because going in the fifth round, um, they don't expect a lot from you. And they, uh, they kind of, you know, if you do good things, yay, but we kind of have what we, what we want. It's a little bit, of, it's like icing on the cake. Like we didn't really need it, but here it is. Um, and I didn't play the first three games. So it's not like I was a huge part of the offense at that time when I was young. And uh, I had to grind, I had to grind, I had to earn my keep and I had to uh, figure out a way to get on the field. So when I got on the field, I had a, I had a real appreciation for the, for the, for the, for the game. And uh, on the back end, when I got a phone call, they said they would give up a first round pick. I said, oh damn, I guess I finally get it. I'm, I'm a first round pick now. And I was just like, I was just like, I also saw it from a standpoint of, I can see how much pressure it is for some young guys when you come in and they want you to be so much and they, they just expect a lot from them. They want you to play right now. They want you to be ready. So I had appreciation from that, but I was more appreciate, appreciate, appreciative of my process being on the other side of, you know, I had to earn, I had to earn everything that I got. So uh, going into this new, new situation, I want to, I want to prove it all over again. Earning everything that you've gotten and being on the Buffalo Bills right now, uh, with the yards that you've put up, the number of receptions that you've put up, what you're averaging in games, how have you been able to become maybe the receiver that you've always wanted to be with this team and with the help of Josh Allen and, and Brian Dayball and yeah. all the coaches here? I would say just the supporting cast. I'm not going really I'm not taking really too much out of credit. Of course I'm out there uh, working my tail off, but it's a product of being in the right situation, having the right coaches, you know, Chad Hall, Coach Dayball, and, and, and Josh Allen is just, a, you know, my support system. I'm going to give it to my support system. They put me in the best situation to be successful and to blossom. You know, I'm just, uh, I'm just trying to do what I can, um, do my job is what I say. I try to put it in the most simplest form is I get open and catch the ball. That's my job as a receiver. And uh, everybody else is doing their part on the other. And they're doing a lot more work than I am. So uh, I'm just thankful. Uh, and I always believed in myself, but I feel like here is, here's a place that I, I can blossom, blossom into the guy and the receiver that I want to be and the player and, you know, and the person. And it seems like there's been a lot written about the connection you have with Josh Allen and coming in and onto a new team. I mean, you can certainly see, uh, you know, the love that you guys have for each other and how supportive you are. Um, has, did that surprise you that, you know, just coming in new into a new team, um, being able to connect that quickly? Uh, both on the field and off the field with Josh? Uh, honestly, not really. Just because uh, at the end, I always I always knew, like, from my standpoint, I was going to be professional regardless. You know I was going to handle my business. I was going to do what I was supposed to do. But I did, even if it wasn't the greatest relationship, I was going to at least do what I was supposed to do. It's just the fact that I went in with some great people as well. You know, you know from I was going to come in with a positive attitude, good energy, and I'm around people on the same accord. Everybody's on the same page. Everybody's pushing towards the same goal. And they got a good attitude about it. You know, and uh, every, every day we wake up in the morning, even when I'm grumpy, Josh wakes up uh, pushing me and says, let's go. We got all the positive, positive energy in the world. Because I'm not really a morning person. And then you see uh, Coach Dave all walk up to me and say, did you get some sleep last night? You was playing video games last night? Yeah, get your, <laughs> I was about to say, get your ASS up. But, it was, yeah, but I love being around them. You know, they kind of uh, push life into me when I don't have it. 
and uh, I do the same thing. So when we get out on the football field, I always make sure I give them a little extra um, from the back end just because they bother me in the morning. So it's kind of like more so a match made in heaven. Everything isn't perfect. You know, I don't. I never expected everything to be perfect, but as good as things are now, you know, I'm just, I'm just thankful. Yeah, what I love about it is I love watching you on the sidelines because oh, I bring about a lot of energy and a Crazy. lot of fun. Yeah, I, I love watching you on the sidelines. So thank keep, you, keep appreciate it. I gotta chill out sometimes. I'm getting I'm getting a little too crazy out there, man. I just you know, I love it so much and I'm around some people that are so passionate as well. And like I feel like everybody on there everybody out there wants perfection all the time, especially Josh. And uh, you know, I, I just I just wanna win so bad. You know, Steph, you've been open just about you learning from your time with the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. How were you able to come into the situation with the Bills, maybe with a fresh mindset, a different maturity, a different approach, um, a mindset of, like you said, I'm going to be positive. I'm going to come in even during the grumpy days and try and put my right foot forward and, and have a good day. So how did your experience in Minnesota just help you with coming into a new situation in Buffalo? That's what I was saying, like, um, kind of towards the things about me being appreciative of my past. Mm-hmm. It's kind of shaping me into my future now. Um, you know, that my first couple of years there, well, my first year, at least, I wasn't even playing the first three games. So having that humble pie and having to earn your keep and it's kind of like shaping you into the player you are, but always having that chip on your shoulder and going in with the right mindset and that kind of thing. So uh, just as far as, like, the trials and tribulations there, like, I had a lot of quarterbacks there. I had a lot of OCs there. And I, and I uh, found a way to build, build a relationship with all of them, you know, and try to have success with all of them. I try to, you know, you know, it's not all about football at the end of the day. And the better relationship you have with guys, it makes for a better workplace, workspace. So uh, kinda, I kind of learned that throughout my process there, my time there. And uh, I kind of carried it over to here. Like, um, just, you know, learn from your past. Make sure you f- reflect, grow from it. And, uh, you know, it, it makes sure it's no carryover. Make sure you're going in with a clean state and uh, kind of, your maturation process shall be one if you if you learn from your old one. Where is it colder in Minnesota or in Buffalo? Minnesota. Yeah, we, we certainly we've had a mild uh, winter, and I'm sure everyone. You normally when they when someone uh, comes in um, to a, from another team, you know, and it's Buffalo, and they have to talk about the cold and the weather, yeah. but we didn't have to do that with you. You probably didn't even have to change wardrobe. So no, nah, not at all. <laughs> they say they say it gets more snow here, but. I haven't really seen too much snow. Like in a couple of weeks ago, I think we got like a 60, 60 degrees or something like that. What game was it that was that we so played? Nice. And it was so nice. Like I think I, I think I brought the sun a little bit. So, you know, <laughs> that's the least I could do, just bring a little bit of sun out here. You brought there, the sun, there. you brought the smiles. Ah. <laughs> like a snow game. That is just one of those those images that I love when there's a team playing and it's snowing and you know I never had that. I never had that. I'm a little worried. I'm a little worried actually. So <laughs> Hopefully well, you get that here in Buffalo. Steph, I want to ask you just about your style and your vibe. I feel like you, you, you are on your own wave. You move differently. You move with your swag, the way that you interact, the way that you portray yourself on social media. So let's just start with like your vibe and the person that you are. I feel like you're, you, you stick out as different, but in a really great way. So how are you able to get that type of personality, that type of vibe about yourself where it doesn't matter what other people think about you, you're yeah. just going to do yourself. But also it's not like, I don't care what people think about me. I'm just going to do me like 
you can go over there. Yeah. You bring people along with you though. Like you're different, but in the perfect way possible. So I guess, who did you get that from? Was that from your mom, your, your, your dad, your brothers? Uh, and, and how has it made you into like the way you are right now? I've all, it's so weird because I've always been kind of charismatic, like outgoing for the most part. As I got older, I got a little bit more reserved. But uh, as a kid, it was so so weird. As a kid, I I like lived everywhere in Maryland and like that area. So each year we we moved into a, like a, a new school, and I had to make new friends, and I had to like meet new people. So I kind of got accustomed to just meeting new people and making new friends. And you know, as an adult, you don't really meet a lot of people. You know, on a day that as you're adult, you got your friends, but. I kind of always was like, I'm going to just be me 100%. You know, everybody's not going to like it. Uh, describe myself as, you know, at least charismatic, you know, eclectic style. Like, I dress how I want to dress. And where I'm from, like, where I'm from, people make fun of you all the time, you know, no matter what you got on. So uh, I always say you better like what you're wearing because, you know, not everybody's going to like it. When did you start dressing the way you dress? When did you start to have that style? Has it been from a young age, just moving to different schools? Like, you got to find a way to kind of stick out and meet people. So you might as well do that with colorful clothing. Yeah, well, I always kind of dress. I try to dress nice all the time. We didn't always have the money to dress nice, but I always like what I like. I always kind of look at it as I want to be myself all the time. And, you know, people don't, I've always tried to be myself, but, you know, in this profession, I try not to do too much and try not to like, you know, you always want to be, you know, on the same accord as everybody else, but I always want to be myself. My mom always told me when I was younger, I had a, a pair of cowboy boots that I wore every day, for, even in the summertime, just because I love the cowboy boots so much. So I think it's been like, some carryover. Uh, post NFL, are you going to start your own like styling company or something? Can nah. I be the first person to like sign up? Styles by Steph. I think that's a great hey, name. You hey, know? That, hey, that's that's some great branding right now. I think I got to get on that. I got to get on that patent and you know try to start my process early. But I'm I'm so like kind of to myself that I don't, I don't, I'm not gonna say I don't like people. I love people, but you know, when I'm to myself, I like to be to myself. So my, uh, my business ventures after this and my fun stuff is to be determined. I love it. I mean, it's been so cool to see you like with your game day fits Thank and everything, what you Thank post you. on social media. It's inspiring. I think for Appreciate everybody you. who's trying to step up their style game. Um, <laughs> <laughs> do you have a favorite item of clothing? Like, are you a shoe guy? Are you like a jackets guy? Uh, or is it everything? It's everything for me. I'm not a huge shoe guy. I like clothes more, but if I had my choice every day, I will wear a hoodie. Like it's just something about putting okay. on a hoodie, being able to put on the hood when you're cold and, you know, kind of like going to your little shell. I, I like that a little bit. I like it. Maddie, I don't think you've ever seen me wear a hoodie. Have you? We got to get you a hoodie. We got to yeah, get you a hoodie. I, want I, I have not. I'll yeah. get you a hoodie. You, you ain't got to tell me twice now. That's, that's on my to-do list for Christmas. I'll get you a hoodie. Amazing. Steph, I've got one more for you before we wrap up. You know, this year in the NFL, just with everything that's been going on in our country, with the fight to end racial injustice and racism as a whole, we've seen it play out with a lot of the protests that have followed in Buffalo and all over the country after George Floyd was murdered by the hands of the police. Yes, what is what is your stance on the NFL's part in helping out this season it's been cool to see the nba the nfl yeah. the mlb get involved in this fight i guess where do you stand on that and and how have you thought um nfl's done with playing a part uh in this fight that's been a fight for too long yeah it's definitely been something where uh you're just happy to see happy to see everybody's at least 
acknowledging it, one, you know, because once first thing you have to do is acknowledge that it's real. Um, and then from there, the course of action, what course of action are you going to take to make some changes or continue to bring awareness, to continue to keep it fresh so, it, so people just don't forget about it just because it's been going on for so long. So um, thankful to the NFL to let guys wear names on the back of their back of their helmets and do their due diligence prior to pregames. And um, just as far as like, they've been doing a lot of stuff media-wise. You know, you've seen commercials, you've seen XYZ about uh, just trying to make a change. So all you can really be as a player, especially African-American player, be thankful for it and uh, appreciate it. Appreciate it just because, you know, you're trying to move forward. Um, people are trying to take action, not just doing too much talking. They're trying to take action. They're trying to do their due diligence at least, um, especially the Buffalo Bills. Just They made sure that everybody voted this year. They try to make sure everybody voted this year. And that just small steps like that that's trying to make sure everybody's in the right place and gearing to the right, uh, to the right goal, and that's, you know, to end racism. Awesome. Kim, you got anything else? Oh, no, I was just going to want to talk about just going into the last few games, um, you know, yeah. and hopefully a, a push there for a postseason. Um, exactly. but just, you know, any, anything like how, how do you kind of zone in now, you know, halfway over the season, going into the end, like, do you get into a different zone, you know, in your mind mentally uh, these last few games? Yeah, well, you, I try to be locked in the whole year, but December football is real important. You know, you want to win December and to try to make it carry over for, uh, for the postseason if you have one. So I've, I've had a couple of years where, I, where my postseason was cut short or we had to go home early, and I don't want that to be here. So for me, I kind of take all, all everything in my personal life, all the, all the book, I guess, oh, excuse me, all the BS, I guess, <laughs> put it in a drawer and kind of like shut the drawer and I deal with you guys in, you know, 10 weeks or whatever else. And you give me my time to lock in on my profession and the thing that I love to do so much. And uh, I'll highlight you on the back end. Well, we certainly have really enjoyed watching your play on the field. Thank watched, thank love the, the interaction and the energy that you bring to our offense. So we're happy and glad to have you as part of our big family here. Hey, thanks, ladies. I appreciate it. I'll, thanks, I'll work Steph. on that hoodie for you, too. All right. Thanks. I'll be looking Styles for Styles by Steph. I'm coming right. in now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out of here. Y'all have a great week. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> The Buffalo Bills are proud to partner with National Grid in promoting the Safety First initiative, where every time a Bills safety makes a tackle at home, National Grid will donate $50 to the 100 Club of Buffalo in support of first responders and their families. National Grid reminds you to put safety first in your home with this easy tip. If you smell something like rotten eggs in your home, it could be a gas leak. Report it immediately to your power company. Okay, Kim, we've got week 13 on deck, a game against the 49ers. We thought it would be in Levi's Stadium, but that is not the case because of Santa Clara County COVID new restrictions uh, in that area. They cannot practice or play any sports for the next three weeks there, so they had to find a new home. They found that uh, in Arizona, State Farm Stadium is, well, is where they'll be playing their game this weekend against the Bills. I want to ask you just from an owner's perspective, um, how are you involved in that? What goes into maybe making a decision like that? And just your perspective on it. a team having to relocate for three weeks. This isn't training camp, Kim. This is the middle to the end of the season when games really matter and you're asking your team in a pandemic, okay, guys, we're just going to pack everything up for the next month and ship out over to Arizona, also right around Christmas. So 
I guess, what are your, some of your, your first oh, yeah. thoughts on that situation? Listen, when that happens, a lot of times it's breaking news on Twitter. So you're just texting back and forth. Is yeah. this true? I'm hearing this. Is it, is it true? And, and, you know, but we, we've all seen um, that this year is certainly different, right? And we are all doing our best uh, to, to be able to play um, a full season and to play safe. Um, especially, you know, post Thanksgiving, there were some uh, more intensive protocols uh, sent down from the league to ensure that we could get through the rest of the season with rising positivity rates uh, throughout uh, many, many clubs. Um, and so, you know, listen, it's not ideal, but we all want to get through a season. We all think we can do it safely. Um, and that's really just, we're all trying to, to work our way in. And listen, sometimes, you know, it, it's, it happens just nobody's fault. It's just the world we're living in right now. And I think there has to be a little bit of patience um, uh, across all the clubs. Cause you know, I know sometimes there's a lot of finger pointing it's not fair. And you know, like, well, this person should have done that or this, but it's a pandemic. Like, you know, just, there's a lot of things going on and sometimes, and you know, just something innocent that you think you're doing and you end up, you know, being a close contact or you end up being positive. Um, it's not fun for anyone. It's not fun for any team, but you know, I was kind of selfishly thinking, well, maybe we can just play at home instead of having to go <laughs> That's all the what I thought too. Us, right? Um, but I'm guessing there was probably some competitive advantages that they didn't want to give us another home game. Um, but that was my idea how to solve the problem. But they, they didn't listen to me. <laughs> you know what? I think your idea is perfect. I was hoping we would also get another home game out of this. But, you know, we're going back to Arizona where – uh, something that I don't want to talk about happened. Yeah, but you know what? It is a perfect opportunity to kind of erase that, that, that image from our mind from the last time we were there and kind of reset, reset it. So, you know, like I said, for me, it's going to be a little bit of motivation going back into that stadium uh, to get a different output uh, this time around. Definitely. And also, how about the Bills? I feel like They've done, and we've done such a good job with following the protocols. We've had very few positive tests since we started the season. Um, what's your perspective on how this team has been able to, to do everything they need to do, the mask wearing, the social, the social distancing that they need to do, the, the virtual meetings that they need to do to be able to be safe? Uh, Sean McDermott commented about it this week, and he said, you know what, it's really just a testament to our guys and what they do outside of the facilities. The reason why we've had so few positive tests is because they're also following these protocols when they, when they leave this building. Yeah, no, listen, you know, I, I think um, almost everyone on that team knows that we've got a special team this year and do not want to do anything that would jeopardize that. And mm -hmm. I think that that first um, Tennessee game, which was, you know, wasn't any fault of ours, but I think that also when it happened early on was just kind of a wake up and a reminder how messed up your season could be um, and not wanting to be uh, a part of that if, if they didn't have to be. And I think really... I agree with Sean. It's, it's a testament to all the staff. Listen, following these protocols, whether they're at home or whether they're here at the facility, it does. It takes a lot of people. I mean, there are people here that have been in the daily planning of making sure the protocols are being done, the trackers, and you know everything from just charging, you know, tracker devices to um, you know the temperature checks through the facility, the operations, um, masks, you know, handing out the mask reminders. Just so much has uh, has gone into that and. Really, like I said, 
the, our low cases is really testament to all those people really taking it seriously um, as their job and protecting this team and our players and uh, very thankful for that because as you've seen across the league, sometimes it's unintentional and it happens. Um, and unfortunately, it, it can kind of, you know, really mess with your team and with your season. Um, and thankfully, we haven't had to go through that yet. And so thankful for all the hard work everyone has really put in to keep us safe. Definitely. I feel like we've talked about Josh Norman on this podcast before and just how he's been so involved in the Buffalo community, even before starting practices with the Buffalo Bills. He was here doing press conferences with Mayor Byron Brown. Well, he teamed up with Mayor Byron Brown again this week uh, to help small businesses hurt by COVID-19 with the protocols in place. It's called Buffalo Business Blitz. So Josh Norman donated $25,000 of his own money. He's going to provide grants up to $2,500 each to small businesses who have been impacted by the pandemic. And he's challenging business leaders, teammates, Bill's Mafia, Buffalo residents to join in and donate during the month of December. I mean, how about this guy? He hasn't played much on the field because of the injuries. Uh, and here he is still in the community, uh, taking his own time to, to play a role in the community. And during a time when when they need it the most you know small businesses need help right now it's the holiday season there's a lot of things they probably can't do right now because of these protocols in place and because of COVID-19 so great to see somebody hand over $25,000 and say here I'm going to help you guys during this time yeah no it was just it you're right it's just great to hear I know you know we look at these players and we look what they do on the field and what stats that they're able to rack up and and really, I think the bigger story that sometimes does not get enough attention is all the work that our players do within our communities and all the players across all the clubs. Because I know we are not the only club um, that have players that really invest in our community. But to your point, to have someone like Josh Norman, who first year on uh, as being a Buffalo Bills, coming in before the game, uh, before the season even started, um, you know, trying to have a place and to talk through and to mediate and help our city uh, through the, the social injustices that were going on. Um, and then him continuing um, his involvement. It, it really is a testament to the kind of person he is, um, especially outside of football. Um, and those, you know, that's what also, I, I think those things really do matter. And I know we said, I just said outside of football, but I think they do show up in special ways inside the locker room as well. Um, so I, you know, as we talk about you know, the, the one, one family atmosphere here at the Bills. And we talk about how much love that they, they share with each other and the support that they give. These things that we do in our community and our players do in our community, um, it just, it, it festers into that locker room. And I think really just makes it special having, being surrounded by people that you know are putting themselves out there, doing the right thing um, and really representing our brand and our team in such a positive way. So that's, you know, so needed this holiday season. So lo love it. Love to hear it. If you want to donate to the Buffalo Business Blitz, you can visit www.starswithaz24.org and you can uh, donate whatever you want to help small businesses that need it that have been impacted by COVID-19. All right, Kim, let's talk a little bit about this 49ers game here coming up on a Monday night. I love it. We have four out of our last five games are either on Monday Monday night, Sunday night, Saturday afternoon. We have one more Sunday 1 p.m. game left, which what that, that says so much about how far this team has come 
in the last couple of years under Sean McDermott to have that many primetime games towards the end of the season. That means this team really matters. And, and they're playing against this 49ers team who has been ridden with injuries. So many injuries have happened. Jimmy Garoppolo's out. George Kittle's out. They're both on IR. They have 15 players currently on IR. They put two more on IR after the Rams win that they had this past weekend. Two corners uh, went on IR for them. But still, even with all their injuries, they've been able to to still field the team and play some good football. This is a sneaky good team on defense. Their quarterback, Nick Mullins, has been figuring it out. They're getting some of their offensive weapons back. So this is not going to be an easy game at all for the Bills. I think it's going to be an intense game. I think it's probably going to come down in the fourth quarter, which this team, our Bills team, Kim, they, they've liked the games to come down in the fourth quarter. I don't know if I'm the biggest fan of that. I just I don't want to be sweating and anxious through four quarters of play. Um, but what are some of your thoughts on the 49ers game and, and maybe about how this, this Bills team can hopefully put the 49ers away in the second or third quarter and we don't have to worry about that in the fourth quarter? Well, I, you know, I will tell you that when our schedule came out at the beginning of the season and or I, way before the season started, and I was like, oh, we have such, such a tough schedule, right? You're right. thinking Super Bowl. You're, you're thinking, you know, they, they've been in the Super Bowl, just some of the big games that we have. But we all know that it doesn't matter what happened the previous year or years, that every year is different. And here is one team that certainly I don't think they thought they were going to be in this position uh, with, with the amount of injuries and, and the, the, um, the record that they have. But they weren't in the Super Bowl for, you know, for no reason at all. You know, so like you said, scary good they still have some good players a great coaching I mean they they have been through postseason they they know what's on the line and so you know you're always fearful of those teams that are playing desperate that are are playing to prove something and certainly they are um, and you saw that with the their win over the Rams like you know when you have um, guys that are down and out like sometimes that's a huge rallying cry right like you just you know you talk about having to go through adversity and you guys get closer and so they can be dangerous. They can be a type of a dangerous team. Um, so, but again, our defense has played better in the last several games. And so I am expecting that as we get through the, through the end of the year and the season, um, coming off the bye week, we're going to get some players back that we're going to be progressing and really moving forward. So um, I'm going to predict a, a big W and I'm going to predict Ooh. not in the fourth quarter. <laughs> Yes, that's okay. speaking right. into existence. Yes, yes. Because I, <laughs> I love listen, it. Listen, because I can't bet on any games or anything, but I did win our complimentary survivor pool. And so the only thing that I win is bragging rights. So I'm just going <laughs> to make that prediction because I did win out of nine people our survivor pool this year in week 12. So I can make predictions. I can make bold predictions. I'm predicting that we're, we're going to come out with a W in Arizona oh against the 49ers. Sounds I, weird. I love it. Bold prediction. Yeah, weird to say that they're going to be the 49ers in Arizona. You're so right. This defense has been playing like themselves. And, and even Leslie Frazier said it this week when he spoke to media. He was like, he started off the press conference without anybody asking him a question. He was like, I would just like to say our defense has been playing more like themselves. They've been more consistent. This is how we want them to play. 
And also, how about A.J. Klein being named the AFC Defensive Player of the Week? He had a career-high 14 tackles uh, against the Chargers. A great game for him. I've really loved to see this defense come on strong the last few weeks. I talked about this earlier this week on One Bills, One Bills Live. I think the team is peaking at the right time. You look at last year, and the Bills lost four out of their last five games or three out of their last four games, I want to say. And, of course, the last game is a, is a game that we played basically our second string players. But still, I think peaking and getting good at the right time is so important in this league. And I believe that this team is putting it together on all ends of the spectrum from the offense to the defense to special teams at the right time. So like we've talked about before in podcast, Kim, you can be playing a complete game when it truly matters. And that's in the next few weeks and the playoffs, right? Yes. And we've got some big games coming up. And so it's going to be fun to watch. I cannot wait. Week 13 it feels like we're, we're winding down the regular season, but still a lot of games to come, still a lot of exciting games to come. Uh, we want to thank you guys for tuning into our podcast. Those news and notes were brought to you by Independent Health, who is also our game sponsor this week. Independent Health, you deserve the red shirt treatment. Thanks for listening into our interview with Stefan Diggs. It was great to have him on the podcast. He is a tough guy to get on media. I mean, he does the weekly media with uh, everybody from local media and national media. So it's good to hear from him every week. But other than that, we don't hear from Stefan a lot. So really special that he was able to come on the podcast and speak with us. Uh, a great player. We are so thankful uh, that he's here in Buffalo with us. But Kim, thanks for being on for another episode of Bill's Pod Squad. It's been going strong, so Eddie. Far. It's going strong. So happy to be here. Thanks, everyone. Love it, love it. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Again, Bill's Pod Squad is brought to you by the New York Lottery. Make sure you stay tuned because we're going to have some more exciting guests as we close out the regular season. We'll talk to you guys later. Thanks for tuning in.